Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Father, thank you so much for the fact that uh, you are such a loving God that uh, you went over the top when you sent your son to your only son to die a horrible death in our place to bring us to heaven. Lord Jesus, we pray that now as we look into your word, you would help us to see you for how you are in the scriptures in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, turn please in your Bible to Exodus chapter 24. Exodus chapter 24, verse 3. 24-3, 24-3, Exodus 24-3. Try to picture the scene. This is at the base of Mount Sinai. And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord has said will we do. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord and rose up early in the morning and built an altar under the hill and 12 pillars according to the 12 tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the children of Israel, which offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people, and they said, all that the Lord hath said, will we do and be obedient? And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, behold, the blood of the covenant, which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. Now, what a day this was. This was a day of the sprinkling of blood. Moses is there, as mentioned, he's there at the, the foot of Mount Sinai there, he's, and, he, and he, he sprinkles the people with the blood, and he says, behold, the blood of the covenant. What, of a, what a Passover night that was when the Lord Jesus, holding up the cup of wine, said, as was quoted to us, in Luke twenty two twenty, likewise also the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. What a removal and remission of the sins of the people we have from Hebrews nine twenty two. Without the shedding of blood is no remission. Without the shedding of blood is no remission. Without the shedding of blood, there's no removal. There's no removal of sins. Like the, it's just a continuation of a growing crime sheet that demands judgment, 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 and yearns to have it all, have it somehow expunged from the record without the shedding of blood. There's no expungement from the record. What a redemption there is from 1 Peter 1.18. 1 Peter 1.18, we are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, redeemed with the blood means that without the shedding of blood, there's no redemption. 
There's no redemption for our souls. Just that desperate state, I mean, it's hard to imagine, but the desperate state of being just another prisoner, another captive on a prison ship bound for hell, wanting to be released from the ship, and yet hopeless to be released without the shedding of blood. What a covering we have. What an atonement we have there is from Leviticus 17.11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement, a covering for your souls. For it's the blood that makes an atonement, a covering for the soul. The blood that makes an atonement, a covering. It means that without the shedding of blood, there's no atonement, there's no covering for our sins. Just the shame and the embarrassment from the open exposure of our sin that Adam and Eve felt in the garden after they sinned. What a reconciliation that we have that comes from Ephesians 2.13, Ephesians 2.13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off, you were far off as was prayed by Ken earlier today, talked about that, being an enemy of God. You who were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ made die by the blood of Christ. It means without the shedding of blood, there's no getting near to God, as it says in Isaiah. And we want to get close to God, but our sins keep pushing us farther and farther away from God. What a cleansing we have. What a cleansing we have from 1 John 1.17. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The blood cleanses us from all sin. It means all sin, everything, all sin that we have been cleansed from through the blood, without the shedding of blood of the Lord Jesus, there's no cleansing. There's no cleansing. Just that terrible feeling of the soul, of the dirtiness in, within, and the longing to be clean but can't, even from the, from the evil thoughts that just spew out, the thoughts of murderers, adulteries, fornications, thefts, all listed as a horrible list in Matthew 15, 19, Matthew 15, 19. What a peace that we have from Colossians 1.20. Colossians 1.20, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Peace through the blood. It means without the shedding of blood, there's no peace. There's no peace with God. Just this frightful fear of being at war with God and this longing that, oh, if it could only be over, if I could only be reconciled to God. Now we see that we have, in addition to all those wonderful things through the blood, now we see that we have justification. Justification from Romans 5.9. Romans 5.9 reads, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Justified by his blood. It means that without the shedding of the blood of the Lord Jesus, There's no justification for us. Just that remaining, that depressing state of being in condemnation for our sins and and the yearning, somehow, could I be released from this and not feel the blame that's due me for my sins? Justification, it's a legal term. It's a legal term, and there's there's a right way of thinking to see how God justifies man, and then there's a wrong way of thinking of how God might justify man, but he doesn't. Unfortunately, the world today sees how God would justify man in the wrong way. And the wrong way is to see that God justifies man based on man's good record, which is not good at all, but he thinks it's good. 
And that would be where man would claim that the accusations against him were all wrong. Man thinks that all the accusations against me are fake news. It's just fake news. And, but the news that the man is really good and, and his life is really good, that's fake news. That's what God says. That's fake news. Because as we said in Romans 3.10, in Romans 3.10, as it's been said, as it is written, there's none righteous. No, not one. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God. They're all gone out of the way. They're all together become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good. No, not one. And when God keeps saying that, no, not one, no, not one, it means that God hasn't found a good person yet. He hasn't found one single good person in the whole wide world. But what he does say about every person in the whole wide world is Romans 3.23. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means there's not one person who hasn't sinned when it says come short of the glory of God. It means that because of sin, no man will see the glory of God. You can't make it there. I fell short. I just can't. I want to see the glory of God. I can't because it all comes short of the glory of God because of sin. And if a person says to God, first person stands and says to God, well, wait a minute. I'll show you a good person, Mother Teresa. Oh, she was a really good person. Then he's trying to make God a liar because God says everyone, including Mother Teresa, has sinned. As it says in, in 1 John 1.10, if we say, if we have the audacity to say that we have not sinned, we make him, we make God a liar and his word is not in us. Now, the tragedy is that most people today think that they can stand on their own record. They can stand and they can be, get a, hear a legal verdict that says justified, justified based on the record. This is what the Bible calls, calls the way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. It's Proverbs 14.12. Proverbs 14.12 tells us that the vast majority of people are marching down a road which seems right, it seems right, it seems right, and they're heading right for the cliff of hell, right down the middle of the road to hell. And the terrible part about all that, it's all unnecessary. It's all, that catastrophe, that catastrophe is all not necessary. There's no reason for any person to go down that catastrophic road to hell. No, because the death of the Lord Jesus Christ has put within reach salvation to every man. It's all there. All man has to do is to to take it. That's why this verse in Romans 3.23 is so important when it says, for all have sinned to come short of the glory, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So what's the right way to be justified? Just take, just take the gift of redemption that God's giving to us. The right way to be justified is Romans 3.25. Romans 3.25, which is called through faith in his blood. You know, we're going to have a time now of communion soon. And it's a call from God to when we take that cup, to not do it mechanically, to not do it because we've done it so many times before, but really to reach forward and to say, I have faith in his blood. Faith in his blood for what? To justify me. Faith in his blood to redeem me. All the things we just talked about. Faith in his blood to cleanse me. Faith in his blood. That's the key for God's justification. Faith in his blood. Faith in his blood is a reliance, it's a reliance, and it's all like saying, in the past, I relied on my own record to be justified with God, but not now. Now I have faith in his blood. I abandon trusting in myself and doing any good works, and I'm gonna turn my back on the idea that I'm a good person, and now I'm gonna have faith in his blood, 
It's a wholehearted reliance on the blood of the Lord Jesus. Faith in his blood is a passionate grip on the Lord, just like we see that Jacob did all night long when he was with God in Genesis 32, 24. In Genesis 32, 24 was a time where it says, Jacob was left alone, left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw, the man saw, when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he, the man, he touched the hollow of his, Jacob's, of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Jacob said, and he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, and the man said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he, that Jacob said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Can you feel the passionate grip in that? I will not let thee go except thou bless me. He said unto him, what is thy name? My name is, and he said, Jacob. He said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but with Israel, for as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. I mean, there was Jacob that night, left alone. He wrestled with the man. That was God. That was God. He said so. He said at the end of that, uh, th- that whole episode there, he said, I saw the face of God. He named it that, Peniel. It, the Lord Jesus Christ, God, is in a wrestling match with Jacob all night long. Jacob is put into a state of incredible pain with his hip being put out of joint. And in that state, in that pain, Jacob passionately grips the Lord Jesus, the man, and says, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. In other words, Jacob was saying that you're going to have to kill me in order to, for me to release my grip. My grip is so determined that you'll have to kill me in order for him to, re- that's a passionate grip that caused Jacob to be rewarded with this new name of Israel. That's a picture of what it means to have faith in his blood. It's a passionate reliance on the blood of the Lord Jesus as the basis for us to receive. The, one of the things we were talking about is this gift of justification by God. And you can feel this passion. You can feel this grip in Genesis 32. You know, um, this last, last a couple of weeks ago, when I was in Hawaii, and we were going to do a, a beach dive in this place there. And so the instructor there, he was explaining to me about the kind of fish that we would see down there. He was explaining about dangerous fish, as a matter of fact. He said, well, when we're under the water there, I have to make some hand signs to you so you'll know what this, that I saw this fish, and you should come see this fish. Okay. So he said, this one means lionfish. He said, that's lionfish. The lionfish have very poisonous uh, spikes. And then he said, and this one means puffer fish, puffer fish. So, you know, they're not so dangerous unless you eat their liver, then you die instantly. It's a puffer fish. And then he said, and this one means moray eel. So like that, see? And I wondered, well, why didn't he say what shark was? You know, shark was this one or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what But anyway, he said moray eel. You know, this is a moray eel. And, you know, what I feared most, more than sharks, is, is the moray eel. Because I was told when I was certified that in Catalina that if you put your hand where the moray eel is, it'll bite and it locks this jaw. And on the diving boat they were on in, in Catalina, they said, now, he brought out this big, huge pair of pliers and screwdriver. And he said, now, you'll have to swim to the surface here and the moral eel will be locked onto you and we'll have to kill him and break his jaw <laughs> to get out. So I was just petrified. I like this, you know. 
<laughs> so anyway, Jacob was like the moray eel. He was like the moray eel with God, where the only way to get the moray eel off was to get him lose his, to stop his grip, his locked jaw, was to kill him. And that's what Jacob had on God. He had the moray eel grip on God when he said in Genesis 32, 26, Genesis 32, 26, he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. That's the moray eel grip. That's the grip. And um, it, it reminds me one time when I was, when I was talking to a person who, and I really kind of doubted whether that person was saved, really was saved, when that person referred to God and salvation in the Lord Jesus, he say, that person said, it's all that religious stuff, all that religious stuff. Well, faith in his blood is a passionate grip where it's not all that religious stuff, but it's a passionate appreciation for the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and what his blood has accomplished, all those things were listed in the beginning here, but especially now as we're focusing on justification from our sins. But our verse in Romans 5, 9 it says, Romans 5, 9 says, much more being justified by his blood. When it says much more than, that forces us to look at this verse above it to see what was the much more in reference to, and that's Romans 5, 8, Romans 5, 8, the verse above it, where it says, God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God showed his unbelievable love to us in that the Lord Jesus died for us while, as Ken prayed, we were his enemies. He, he died for us. Just think of that. We were in a state of war with God. We were being the enemies of God. And God showed the greatest love to us by having the Lord Jesus die for our sins in that state. That is describing the greatest obstacle that there was to God saving us is the fact that we were enemies with God. We were enemies with God. And God abounded. He jumped over that obstacle to save us of being enemies with God when he sent the Lord Jesus to die for our sins. Now, if the Lord Jesus died for us when we were enemies, now when we stand, now we are not as enemies, but we stand in need to be justified, much more God overcame the obstacle of our sins to save us, to justify us by this blood. Now, we all know in ourselves, if we're really honest, we'll all know in ourselves, in our heart of hearts, that we are not just the garden variety of sinners. We are another type of sinners. We are the dirty, rotten sinners, another type, dirty, rotten. So, so if we're really honest, and we have a question, we look at ourselves, we see ourselves in that state, how could God do that? How could God justify us? So it's really important for us to know how God can justify the dirty, rotten sinners, not just the good sinners or the other kind, which don't exist. Anyway, how was God able to justify sinners? Now, just think of how God the Father so loved God the Son. It's really important to see that, of how much the Father loved the Son. And we're told that the shed blood of Abel cried from the ground in the ears of God. We're told that in Genesis 4.10. Genesis 4.10, God says to Cain, what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. See, after Cain had killed Abel, God said that he heard the voice of Abel's blood. It wasn't just speaking to God from the ground. It was crying to God from the ground. Now, now can't, you just, can't you just picture now God listening to the blood of Abel 
of crying to him from the ground. Blood of Abel is on the ground. It's crying to God. And, 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 and now again, think of the love that God the Father had for God the Son. And now, now just imagine that God is now looking and he's listening to the blood of the Lord Jesus crying to him from the ground of Calvary. Just what the song the girl sang earlier, Jesus paid it all. He paid it all at Calvary. He paid it all on the cross. And the blood, his blood was on the ground like a hymn says, and from the ground there blossoms red life that shall ever be. So here's the blood of the Lord Jesus crying from the ground below the cross, crying in the ears of God. And can't you just imagine God the Father with all of his focus, intent on the blood of the one who he delighted in for all eternity. And can't you just imagine how the blood of the Lord Jesus is crying to God. And you know, the blood of Abel, you know who was crying? It was crying, vengeance, justice, avenge my blood. That was the blood of Abel. But on the other hand, the blood of Jesus, it's not crying vengeance because he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. It's not crying vengeance. But what the blood of the Lord Jesus is crying is, forgive them. I died for them. Forgive them. I died for them. Or as the hymn says, nor let that sinner die. And now imagine how God the Father is all focused now on the blood of the Lord Jesus. And now you and I also set our passionate grip, our passionate more eel reliance on the blood of the Lord Jesus just as passionate as the Father was focused on hearing the voice of the blood of the Lord Jesus, you and I are now passionately, more eel, grip, reliance, and faith on the blood of the Lord Jesus. And when we do, when we do that, we find ourselves shoulder to shoulder with God the Father. We're both looking at the same thing. We're both enthralled with the same person, the Lord Jesus, and he's right on the side of us, and we're both focused on the blood of the Lord Jesus. Just imagine, just imagine that. And imagine that scene, and then imagine another voice, another voice coming out of who knows where, and it starts to list all of our sins. You know, it it starts to list all the way to, that voice is accusing. That voice comes from the accuser of the brethren. And so God is hearing one voice over here, the accuser of the brethren, and he's listing out all of our sins, and God is now hearing another voice from the blood of the Lord Jesus is saying, yes, but forgive him. Yes, but forgive him. And so what does God do? Much more justified by his blood. Justify him. God the Father turns and says to us and says, justify him. He's put his faith, his passionate grip, reliance, his moraeal grip in the blood of my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That's how we can understand how the Father could justify us in spite of all of our sins. Let's take these thoughts as we go now to the table to worship the Lord for for what he did for us. Let's pray. Father, help us now as we turn to you now through the elements to appreciate what you've done. Give us, Lord, the strength to put the passionate reliance, the passionate grip reliance in faith in your blood. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. 
You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Experience a short-term missions trip to Israel, the land and people to whom the Lord Jesus Christ will return. Not only walk where the Lord Jesus walked, but reach who He reached, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Be a part of the encouraging Jewish friends to receive the Lord Jesus. Israel Alive is all about making friendships with lost Israelis that will hopefully be eternal. We hope you'll join us in reaching the nation of Israel one friendship at a time. For more information, visit us at israelalive.org. That's israelalive.org. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 